Welcome back to the Mindset Reload. I am your host, John Robertson. I couldn't be more excited for our special guest today, Mr. Pat Polyphone. We've been friends for a while, ever since I first moved to Nashville over a decade ago. We worked together in the music business. He's still in the music business. I am not. Well, kind of. I write songs. He still performs daily, weekly, monthly, all over the country. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear his take and input on how to find and create and establish your own algorithm. Pat Polifron in the house, man. It's been a while. How are you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. Man, absolutely, dude. You've you've been there for, what, at least, yeah, a little bit over a decade now. Yeah. I think it was 2012 when I first moved to Nashville. That's when I first moved, yep. So it wasn't far after that. I'm, it'll be uh, on Halloween this year. It'll be 11 years. Dude. That's exactly when I did. That's funny. I didn't even know that. Then we met each other, what, a couple months later, maybe. A couple months later in like 2013. But yeah, so the same season of life, man. That's crazy. I never knew that part of it. I knew it was recent, but it was around October, November 2012 when I took the leap of faith and moved up here. So that's cool. That's cool, man. And, you know, um, you got to see me at a time where I was a big dude. Yeah, yeah. You look like half the man you used to be. Man, I am half the man physically and twice the man mentally. Yeah, twice the man mentally. It is wild. Yeah, I was four twenty back then and uh, working on a good heart attack. Um, Man, we we done a lot of stuff. I remember we went out on the road several times. uh, One of the most memorable moments is when we got to open up floor georgia line Nelly. oh my word i wish i remember that we oh gosh i was living a different life back then jr and i i, I might have been having a little bit of moonshine that was up in west virginia and winning rome you know yeah there you go <laughs> and, and do you remember the funny thing about that was that nelly's bus was actually right beside our rv yeah we were in the cousin eddie rv yeah and they told us to quieten down remember that you know why no. Right after that is when they got busted in Nashville with all those drugs and guns. Oh. They were on their way down. They were probably like, stop drawing attention over here, you hillbillies. But that's probably what it yeah. was. That's probably what, what makes sense now. Yeah. Golly, crazy, crazy. Too much fun for Nelly. Well, man, that's good. You've made leaps and bounds, too, since back then, man. Being on the road like that, and you still are on the road like that for the most part. But yeah, you've, I've seen some growth in you, obviously, in the last 13 years or 11 years. And um, I know that you've seen it in me. I've seen it myself. And that's kind of what this podcast episode is going to be about, is creating your own algorithm, right? And I got to thinking not long ago, and, you know, I watch your videos. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you can follow Uncle Pat himself here on Miller Holler Music on Tickety Talk and Facebook and everything else. And he gets in there and dives pretty deep on some truthful truth and some uh, situations, and uh, it's always fun to, to go by and check out his TikTok and watch his hilarious videos. So I actually, I shut the TikTok down. You, what, it's not there? I shut it down, man. I'll take that plug back. It was, uh, I appreciate it. Follow me on Instagram, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just, man, it was just getting a little bit too crazy. It will. And, uh, and it was doing more harm than good for me. Oh, well, there you go. It's another growth pattern. So, you know, I, I had to, sometimes you got to put things aside that are not serving you. Yeah. And that was just one of them, sadly. Well, then there you go. Don't follow him on TikTok. That I mean, was a you bad can look advice. for it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, he had some funny stuff on there. Um, and uh, But hey, that's another example of uh, 
more growth. Sometimes and, you got to know where to trim the fat, you know. You, you got, I, yeah. It was taking a lot of time, and it wasn't producing any kind of. It wasn't producing any income, and That's it wasn't true. producing any good good thoughts in my brain. You know, I was getting a lot of. You know, obviously you got the internet trolls and everything, yep. but at the same time, I'm like, man. You know, if I got industry people or writer people getting on here and looking at this, sometimes you can be too loud for people to want to work with you. And honestly, I'm just not trying to shut any doors by, you know, I believe what I believe mm -hmm. and I'll stand on what I want to stand on. But man, you if you stand up for America and small town values and the way that you were raised, I mean, it, it gets ugly quick. It does, man. It's, it's it's a sad, sad world. But like you said, man, you got to trim the fat, and you got to know when when to realize. And I love that you made that point. And and guys, stay with us. There is a purpose to the show. We're just catching up, and and a lot of you guys, I know personally, and you like hearing the interaction anyway. But what you said there resonated with me when you said sometimes you got to look at things at how productive it is for your personal growth. Is it hurting or is it helping? And how beneficial it is to finances, right? So that's something that I've preached on my episodes in the past was, yeah, we all can pick certain things that we do that we enjoy to do, whether it be hobbies, watching football, uh, hunting, whatever that might be, that's really not going to be beneficial financially, right? But what are the other little things? If we're already taking up a percentage of our time doing that, what is the other little things that are taking up that time that isn't productive? Number one, it doesn't make any money, right? So I've said this before where time is very valuable because you hear the old cliche of you never get time back. Well, it's the truth. And your time is your time. It's no one else's. It's not your wife's. It's not your parents'. It's not your congratulations. You're about to be a father. Thank it's not going to be your child's, right? Yeah. You choose to spend time with those people. But at the end of the day, it's your time. You can't borrow it and you can't get it back, Yep. right? So you have to pick and choose, how am I gonna spend my time? You know, I've said this before with, with work employees, like, hey, you know, the company rents time from me. It's a certain amount of hours that we agreed upon a day, and that's it. If they wanna rent more, then here's the price for that, right? Yeah. That's how you have to do. And you know, my wife brought a point the other day, she goes, you know, she goes, I think you might lose people to an extent on your podcast because the way you talk and teach people is from a business perspective. She said, and some people, I think everybody's normal, but, she's like, but to the normal person that doesn't think yeah. business-wise, they may not resonate that. And I said, well, that's where we've gotta fix that. She says, how, what do you mean? I said, are you not the CEO of your own life? Absolutely. Okay, and that's what we got to teach is you are a business, okay? You are the CEO of your own life. No one else is. So when it comes to your personal health, when it comes to your personal mental health, when it comes to physical health, emotional, uh, financially, all that stuff, you are the CEO of your business, which is your life, okay? And that's what I mean by that. Okay, and when making changes that, you know, creating self-value for yourself and considering the time within uh, your limits that you give to people and give to things and give to things that you enjoy, you also have to look back. You know, me and you were talking before the show about how, like, I have had, you know, the pleasure. I don't ever say I have to do anything. I get to do things. Absolutely. Right? That's one that, perspective. That's mindset, baby. You know, you sit there and you're like, man, I got to go to the dump. You get to go to the dump because there's going to be a time where you can't. Yeah. You know, and going to something as simple as a dump brings back memories of me as a child going to dump on my dad stopping at the grocery store, getting a new grape and a Slim Jim. You know, so it isn't as depressing <laughs> to me as most people. But you get to do things, right? I got to 
take this building, turn it into my wife's boutique, my office and studio. I got to do that. It took up time. Yes, it did. I get to watch the Bulldogs play on Saturday Go Dogs. You know, I get to choose what I want to do. Now, the old me, you know, being in the music business at that time, you know, it was hard. You know, I had I had children. I had to go, you know, I had, there it goes, I had things habit. I got to go see visitation, them come here, me go there. I had to fit in family. But that music life's weekends, man. So it was hard. You're working during the week. We were on Music Row working. You remember where the office was? You know, I was when I met you, I was consulting with a record label, and then I went to go work for another uh, major label in a booking agency. And, you know, it, it was hard because living, you know, you got to the point where you never even went to Broadway. You never even went downtown. It's like, ugh, whatever, unless it was CM Fe CMA Fest or CRS and something you had to do. Even now, we've been here for almost four months. We came to see you. That, that's yeah. the only time when you were playing at the Wild Horse Saloon. And, and I choose, that's my go-to place because of the fact that it's all ages. I don't want to go to a place that my family's not welcome. I don't want to go to a place where I've got to see a bunch of drunkards just flipping flipping over each other and flipping over tables and acting stupid. Like, to each their own. If that's good for your mental health, whatever, go get drunk. It's not good for mine. All right, I want to be able to take my kids and enjoy a damn good show, all right, in a good environment that's relaxed like the Wild Horse Saloon. So that's the only place, even, even my older kids back in the day, that's the only place I would take them was there. So we came down to Broadway to see you, and then we went and seen uh, Megan Maroney at uh, CMA Fest on the River because our six-year-old, or seven-year-old, now he had a birthday this week. Our seven-year-old is was crazy about her in that song. So um, that's the only time, man. I don't plan on really going back, you know, yeah. because, and, and people that come up here, you, you know, they're like, oh, we got to go down there, but there's nothing beneficial to it, really. I mean, go experience it, yeah. Yeah. But even with that, like you said, the tickety-talk thing, even with going, you know, environment, you know, on my podcast, I mention all the time about environment sets your potential. Even what you choose to do on a vacation or a bachelorette party or a men's weekend somewhere, all that stuff plays a big role in your environment. You know, one drink can change your life. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and, and talking about vacation, you know, people say, oh, are you going to go drink on the beach for a week? I'm like, no. Yeah. This is my one week off. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to get a workout in and feel good right. the whole day. And I'm going to go to bed that night. And I'm going to wake up the next morning feeling good on my one week off. That's you right. know, it's like, hey, if I mean, look, I, I got nothing against being laid up drunk on the beach for a week. If that's what you want to do and just stay drunk, you know, I mean, that's what you got to do. But for yeah. me, it makes more sense to improve the quality of that time that I am there, that I do get to spend with my family, my wife, my friends, whatever it is, you know, just be clear headed and uh, and level headed. And it's not always been that way for you. Absolutely not. I was just when we were talking about Nelly, man, shh, I got so tore up. Yeah. Me and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. We got in a fight that night, you know, and it was like it, it, it's stupid. All things that could have been avoided if we weren't just messed up. Well, that's what I've said a thousand times, man. I'm very, very. So I haven't really ever judged anybody for drinking and I don't want them to judge me for not drinking. Yeah. It's sad that that happens. But it's like. I'm so against alcohol because growing up, my parents didn't drink, um, but I had uncles, man, that did, and that was their lifestyle. And I saw them, they were so talented in the construction industry and some other things, just just waste their life on alcohol. So it was impounded in me a long time ago that um, nothing good comes from it. And you just said it, like you, you nothing. I mean, guys, nothing, all right, people, here's the problem. People think it's self-care 
by having a bad day at work and going home and drinking a six pack. That's not self-care. No, that's self-destruction. That's self-destruction because you're now creating codependence. You're pushing your problems to the side. Your problems are still going to be there exactly. when you sober up. But now you're going to feel bad. Now so, you're going to have a headache. Now you're going to now your uh, you know your serotonin is going to be low because you've done drank yourself into a stupidity, mm -hmm. and <laughs> and your body becomes dependent on that. You it know? does. You do, quick. You know. Quick. And, and and Rick, my personal buddy, co-host, and therapist. You know, we've said it before. It's like even when it comes to AA meetings, and I'm not knocking people who drink, and I'm not knocking AA meetings, but guys, you got to realize until you want to make a change, you're not going to change. AA meeting is just a tool. That is all it is. It's just an opportunity for you to get in there and get encouraged. Sometimes it leads to, to more bad influences, but let's just say what it was meant to be. It was meant to encourage you to have the tools and the resources to hopefully wean yourself from alcohol substance abuse okay but the fact of the matter is it's codependency so you got to kill the codependency well where do those come from let's talk about it because this is all part of creating your own algorithm guys it'll come to fruition here in a minute uh so as a child let's get deep for a minute let's okay? go there let's talk about i want chocolate milk every night okay that's normal it's not not normal but when you start looking at habits, okay, and you start looking at, I got a habit, I need it, I can't go to sleep, I can't go to school, I can't go play football, whatever that might look like. If you got a habit, habit, it's already a habit and it's become habitual. All right, let's talk about other things. You may have an example of something. What's something that you know of when you were a child that you were just addicted to? Oh, sugar of any kind, man. Honey buns, moon pies, Dr. Peppers. You and, know? More, and did it ever come to a point where your dad or your mom might be like, hey, Pat, go clean your room. And you even might have said, where's my sugar? Where's my Dr. Pepper? Where's my candy? I can't without it. Da -da -da -da. You know, not, probably not as a kid, but I know that that might have been a reward. You can have a cookie if you clean your room. Oh. So how do you feel about that? You know, and it's, you're about to be a parent. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, it's a fine line. It's a fine line, man. I mean, I think you get. I think every parent has to do what works for them. Like I got a but buddy who for the parents that are listening. You know, it's, it's hard. It's 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 difficult. like finish your food and though you don't feel like eating. Well, that could lead to overeating and obesity. Yeah, and and we were always taught that finish your food. I come from an Italian family. If you weren't mm -hmm. cleaning your plate, it was simple. Yeah. And, you know, and so now it's like, okay, well, I'm going to finish my plate, finish my wife's plate. Yeah. You know, I went from 252 down to I'm sitting at about 200 right now. Congratulations. Thank you, man. Yeah. And uh and you know, that's because I'm number one more conscious of what i'm eating what i'm putting in my body and number two i'm realizing i don't need to eat six thousand calories a day just because it feels good because no. you know what doesn't feel good is walking by the mirror every time and being like god like what am i you know i'm yeah. never going to recover from this i'll never be in the shape i was in high school i'm in better shape now than i ever was in high school but you had to flip that mindset yeah, it's all mindset and it's one thousand percent mindset and I'm going to see, I'm going to see, and I think you'll go where I'm about to go with it. It's easy to say I'm going to do something, but it's different to actually do it. So with that change of mindset comes one word that you have to have. All right. It starts with a D. Discipline. 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 There's a difference in motivation 
and discipline. Motivation is the thought of wanting to do something. Discipline is the actual fact of doing it even when you don't want to do it. And here's the thing that people don't realize. Motivation is created. Momentum is created. If you implement discipline in your life, if you say, I'm going to wake up, I've already got my gym clothes laid out, I'm going to jump in them and go for a run or go to the gym every day, every single day. Well, even on the days that you don't feel like it, when you do that, you grow that momentum. And that transpires into everything else that you do because... You're, you've made a promise to yourself, and you've kept that promise to yourself. So you know what you say in momentum sound like? Algorithm. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into that. So algorithm, for those of you who don't know, is a process or a set of rules to be followed in calculations or other problem-solving operations. So even though we know that to be something to do with social media, computers, etc., AI even. So what I mean by that is an algorithm. If you ever got on Google and you said, I want to take a vac- vacation to Gulf Shores. And then all of a sudden you get on Facebook and then you see a, uh, a post about Gulf Shores. Not from somebody else, but them trying to get you clickbait. Yeah, VRBO, Airbnb, yeah, Gulf yeah, Shores. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that is an algorithm. So when you inputted that effort into the World Wide Web and searched it, it now knows what you're interested in. Okay. Um, when you're on TikTok, for one, whatever you stay on the longest and watch more frequently be what's in your, um, I guess it's considered a news feed. Mm-hmm. It's whatever's on your, your, you know, your For You page, I guess. All right. That's what you're going to see more of. So, like, for me, when I started really working out and getting into fitness and I was watching a bunch of instructional videos on how to blow up your biceps, the best back, back workout, blah, blah. Mom was full of that. That's an algorithm. It says, okay, here we got him or we got her. We know what she wants. We know what he wants. Let's feed the mind. And then on the back end, somebody's selling you something eventually. Okay. So when you said momentum, you said you put in the effort. And at the beginning, you won't want to do it. You may be in, intrigued to do it like New Year's, new me thing to each their own. Uh, but when you make that transformation, you make that decision that I'm going to do better. There's always the thought. And like I've taught every one of you guys, every feeling always comes from a thought. You have to think it in order to feel it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to feel it in order to put it in action. So if we change the way we think, we change what we do. Absolutely, okay? man. So if momentum feeds momentum, that's much like what we just talked about as an algorithm. So... When you feel like you're stuck, and we got it in, we have a demonstration video. Pat doesn't know exactly what we're going to do today. I'm excited. Yeah, and when we post this, we're also going to post the video. And you're, I'm a visual guy, so I want to see you guys a visual of kind of this process. So when you have bad days, it's okay to have a bad day, but leave it at a bad day. I've said it a thousand times: mountains are meant to climb, not to carry with you. Obstacles can be the path, not in the way of the path. If you're hiking with a 100-pound rook on the back of your back, back, and you're going up a mountain, and you're hiking, and a tree fell across your path, if a, a boulder's in your path, are you turning around and going home? What, what would you do? If I, you had a destination and something fell across the path you were on, what are you going to do? I'm going to figure it out. The only thing that is consistent 
is things are not going to go the way you plan. And if you're going to turn around every time things don't go the way you plan, Mm -hmm. you are not going to get anywhere. You're going to be, you will die the way that you came into this world. That's right. And that is not the way. No, no. And so the answer to me is you're going to climb over that rock. Yeah. Or you're going to go around the tree. Yeah, figure climb it out. Over tree. I'm going to figure something out. What climb am I going to do? Climb over the tree, go around a rock. Probably not climb over the rock, go around the tree. Said that backwards. Hey, I'm human too. Climb <laughs> over the tree, go around the boulder. All right, but you're still not going to let it stop you. Right. Right? So it doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days. I have bad days all the time. I've been down with the back for like three days, and it is irking at me that I can't go to the gym. But you know what? I probably needed to take a break. Every time I go, I've had probably three personal trainers this year because I just want the insight from different minds. And all of them have one thing to say. You work out too much and you don't eat enough. And I'm like, I weigh 35 pounds more this year than I did last year. They're like, yeah, but you've been working out, so it's all muscle. Right. So how's that bad? Like, you're not giving your body enough time to rehab. That's why your shoulders always hurt. That's why your hip hurt. That's why your back's hurt now. You know, like yeah. you don't stop. And they're like, and then you're not eating enough protein because everybody, if you don't know, guys, muscle weighs more than fat. Okay. And protein will fill you up quicker. And protein actually helps you burn energy, which is what a calorie is. Yeah. It's so you'll burn that fat that's stored yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. So the idea is to go into a calorie deficient diet, eat more protein, pro- get bigger muscles, or just get some muscles. Muscle weighs more fat, also allows your body to naturally burn more calories in your resting state than fat does. Okay, so back to the algorithm. What I want to get to in this show real quick is that just like a previous episode of the placebo effect, I said, if there is a sugar pill that you can have next to the pill that cures cancer or whatever that might be, and it is 30% effective, that is your brain healing yourself. That is the placebo effect. That is you accepting the fact somebody gave you something and you saying it's going to work. Because to the same opposite effect of that is if, because we all know it, and I've probably been that guy, a doctor wants to give you medicine, well, it ain't going to work. Well, then it's not going to work because you're saying it's not going to work. And as stupid as that sounds, that's really a thing, guys. So, like, when when people get a placebo pill, they believe it's going to work, and it does it does help up to a, up to a measure of 30%, 35%. Okay? Yeah. So with the algorithm, you got to find what makes you you. At some point in your life, you were whole, you were where you wanted to be, that could have been at five years old. It doesn't matter. You got to go back. You got to look at when did it go wrong? When did I get astray? When did I change my habits? When did I start making bad decisions? Whether that be the way you eat, whether that be the way you talk, maybe that be spiritually, maybe that be relationship-wise, toxic work environments, all that stuff, right? At some point, you got to look back and you got to be like, all right, somewhere or another, I changed my algorithm. Could have been a bad breakup could have been a death in the family it could have been anything but there's something that was a traumatic event or a traumatic toxic environment that changed who you are because we're not born this way no no it's it's something we learned and then like in the previous episode i've had was like it was called uh it's not what you think it is right and it's about conditional thinking how old are you before you get to think for yourself because at first you you got your parents 
and I'm not saying all parents are good or all parents are bad, but you are living under the rules of a school system, under the rules of your parents. A doctor spanks you on your butt when you're first born to make you cry. Like you are dependent upon so much that I think when you become a young adult, two things. One, young adults or preteens, teenagers act up because they're like, I'm starting to think for myself. I'm starting. So they just rebel and they do the complete opposite of what they've been taught. Okay. Or you have the type that continue that and they're codependent for a majority of their young adulthood, which goes all the way to the age of 28. So at, by that time, some of them have went to work. They've had multiple jobs. They've tried relationships. They've had multiple relationships or they're in debt from school loans and they're not even doing what they went to school for, right? So what age do you get to think for yourself? So we try, my wife and I try to parent a little bit different. Obviously, you gotta find that happy medium, right? Yeah. You gotta say, okay, you have to guide your child, but here are the boundaries and the environment and the guardrails in which I plan to do that, all right? So algorithms have to start at a young age, and I'm going there because you're having your first child soon, okay? So think about bowling, and you throw the guardrails up. What are those for? To keep you in your lane, right? That's what it's for. That's right. Uh, so as parents and as, as as life coach like myself and other people, you, you have to put up boundaries and guardrails to say, okay, you can be you. No one's saying you can't be you. But within this realm of being you, this is this is your boundaries, right? But let them develop. And I, I don't mean that in the weird political things that are going on now. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about let them think for themselves. At the age they could walk to the refrigerator and get orange juice, let them walk to the refrigerator and get orange juice. At the age that they can shoot a bow and arrow, let them shoot a bow and arrow. At the age they can go fishing, they can go jogging, they can go ride a bicycle. Quit putting, I mean, whatever. I hope I don't offend anybody. I didn't have a helmet and pads. I went out and rode a bicycle on a 500-foot gravel driveway, and I got the scars to prove it. Like, <laughs> at some point, you got to let them live, but also confine them around the things. It's our job as parents. It's job, our job as leaders to protect. But it's also they got they got to learn it. So that's how they learn these algorithms, guys. Is you know, um, I was blessed one of the greatest fathers of all time. You know, it was sad that he passed away when I was 19. So there's no telling. You know, I probably would have matured a lot quicker. And I know you said, whoa, 19, you didn't mature? No, I didn't. Neither are you. Okay, for those who are listening. Oh, heck no. Yeah, I grew up probably like started. I started growing up probably. I was responsible. I had good jobs. But I didn't start becoming the man that I saw in my father until I was like 35, 40 years old. I'm 44 now. So he passed away when I was 19, my brother 13. So it did take, and I know it's weird until you're in that situation, you don't really know, but you man, your dad, you and your dad, Pat, are close. Oh, we're very close. He okay. was the best man in my wedding. And man. how old are you now? I'm 33. Okay, you're 33. Imagine, and I'm not trying to make you depressed. What if you lost your dad at 19? Look at how much you've grown oh my from gosh. 19 to 33. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be all over the place. So how much of an influence for him, just knowing who he is, him being there for you for the last 14 years, has been a huge impact on you. Well, and seeing him grow over the over that go. time, he's not the same dude as we when I left high school. We should not ever stop growing. You know, he's he's learning new things. He's telling me, oh, hey, you know, when I used to do this, that, and the other back in the day, when you guys were growing up, you know, that wasn't right. Yeah. And so now, so I see that, and I'm, and that is very inspirational. That hey, this ride never ends. If you're not growing, you're not 
you know, you're not doing something right. But yeah, if I didn't have my dad, I mean, one of my main goals in life is to make my parents proud with whatever I'm doing. Exactly. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I do worry even when he passes uh, where I'll be, but I think I've got a solid enough foundation now that, you know, when people do pass, that is one thing that I've learned is it's our responsibility to live in a way that would appease them and, uh, and, and to make them proud. You know, I, I've lost buddies and, and went down dark roads, and I'm like, is this what that he would want from me? You know, Exactly. And, uh, and it's not. Have you hit the point in your life where you know one instance, like, like for me, me and my wife talk about all the time, like, you know, the way we met, like, obviously I messaged, or, you know, we messaged or whatever. Um, Cause that's the world now. You know, yeah, can't all be Amy and Pat, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, what if I wasn't in the mood that day? What if she wasn't in the mood to answer a message? What what if what if the first date couldn't have happened because of this that and that? Like that's scary. Yeah, because obviously the first step's the most important step on anything. My takeaway from this story is mm-hmm. you did it. Mm-hmm. Okay, what if she wasn't in the mood? What if I wasn't in the mood, but you did it? Yeah, thank God. I've had procrastination issues my whole life. I blame it on ADHD, right? And that's what I always used to be my excuse. Oh, I'm ADHD. That's why I can't get this done. That's why I don't start this project. That's why I don't do this. And I watched a video because it got so concerning to me. I'm like, why do I have this analysis paralysis my whole life? Mm -hmm. And I watched a lady on a TED Talk on YouTube. It's where Mm -hmm. I learn everything. Mm -hmm. She said, if you're scared to go start something, just go do it and, right. and do it badly because yeah. you're going to be bad at it. Everybody wants to be perfect. Everybody yeah. wants to do all the research, all the information. Be perfect right off the bat. Oh, what if it fails? Well, you know what? If you don't start, you, you will, already failed. You've already <laughs> failed. Yeah. Yeah. The fear of failure will, will make you fail more than anything. So you reaching out to her, I mean, that's that's literally like the biggest step is uh, it was the a big step. she's definitely i out kicked my cover she's out of my league she's sure. beautiful man yeah, i mean you. You, she's great she's you, know, you she, must have had a filter on there or something <laughs> <laughs> she uh i'll tell you what though man uh she's young We're, she's 13 years younger than me but god almighty if she don't have an old soul and and just her entrepreneurship mind, mentality uh-huh. man is just second to none. her resilience uh-huh. on the stuff that she's been through in life and and not gave up has has was was way way more attractive than the beauty itself to be honest with you but one thing you said about procrastination so i said this on my facebook group the other day for the mindset reload and i hope people got it i don't think my wife got it at first like what does that mean but if you're going to procrastinate put it off to tomorrow do you get it tell me oh put off the procrastination (laughs) to tomorrow (laughs) if you're going to procrastinate put off to tomorrow that's great so put procrastination off another day and do it today that's fantastic. So if you maybe you have a problem with procrastination. If you do, try just procrastinating tomorrow every day to the next day, right? And and just do it today, right? I know it seems corny, but it makes sense. I, you know, they put it on a sneaker, and it's the <laughs> it's the most true statement ever. I mean, yeah, just do it. So algorithm, guys. So so in a nutshell, to close this out, all right. We've shared a lot of personal things with you guys, uh, with each other, you know, his life, my life, some stuff like that. You guys have heard a lot from me. You've heard a little bit from Pat. But all it takes um, to get a negative algorithm or an, a negative mindset, a negative way of doing things, that's where I want this algorithm definition to go, is 
negative self-talk. I can't do it. I'm not pretty enough. I might fail. Okay, I posted on the group this week, what are some things that you guys have said negatively to yourself that have stopped you from succeeding? Those were some of the examples. I'm ugly. I'm too fat. I won't fit in. I might fail. Those are all fears. Okay. So one thing I struggle with, never struggle with codependencies or anything like that or substance abuse, it was anxiety. And anybody knows anxiety will tell you anxiety feeds anxiety. So if you're telling yourself you can't do something, that can feed more into that. And I can't do this. I can't do that. Before you know it, you can't do anything. Just like I was told as a kid, can't never could do nothing. I don't know if y'all heard that, but my mom used to say, can't never could do nothing. That's South Georgia, baby. That's South, uh, yeah, that's South right there. So can't never could do nothing. And I mean, that's the honest to God truth, right? So what it is, is easy, and I've been there. Sure, you have to. Yeah. You tell yourself you can't do something, and you don't even try. Well, if you don't even try and put in the first step, you've already failed. The thought of you knowing you're going to fail before you started it is failure. All right? Now let's talk about bad days. I've been punched in the stomach, not physically, probably at some point, can't remember, but punched in the stomach, bad day, bad news, bad breakup, death, whatever it might be. I'm just naming things all of us have been through. And the sun still came up. So look at your life and look at everything you've been through. Look at everything everybody's told you. You can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not small enough. You're not big enough. You're not smart enough, okay? Look at all those things, and you're still here. Still you're here. still here, guys. So through all that, you're still here, and you need to give yourself credit for that. So when you hear, hear yourself saying, I can't do something, you need to look in the mirror, and you need to do affirmations. You need to say, you know what? I'm still here. I'm doing something. I'm about something. All right? So if we know that every time we enter negative self-talk, negative destruction into our lives, and we tell ourselves that, and that breeds anxiety, that breeds depression, and that just multiplies those thoughts. What if we started doing positive affirmations? You know what? I can do it. I will do it. I know I can. And you need to tell yourself, you know, this is going to be hard, but I've got it in me to take care of business. Because somebody somewhere don't like you because they're intimidated by you. Okay. Oh, you can't be the hero in everybody's story. You can't be, right? So there's a difference being cocky and arrogant and being confident. And, and, and I've been accused of, oh, he thinks he knows everything. He's arrogant. No, I don't. I don't know everything. Man, I'm the first person to try to learn something new every day. You know? Um, I'm just good at what I do. I mean, yeah. there's a, is there, there shouldn't be no shame in that. No. I'm good at everything I've ever touched, business-wise. Yeah. I'm good at I wasn't naturally good at it, which is what a fixed mindset would want to think. Oh, you're either naturally good or you're not. Okay? I cared enough to say, I'm not going to let that thing defeat me. I want to know about it. When I moved up here to get into the music business, I had never really done music right and then within I was working with one artist at that time and then within a month I had opportunities to consult with record labels on Music Row because they liked the way I I thought 
because I'm like this. Let's sit down and talk about how you're not making money, where you want to go, how it, what it's going to take to get there, and that's where that's what I'm good at. I even in my business now, I start or or the company I work for now, I start off as a sub. I became a superintendent. Now I'm a project manager, and who knows what's after that? Because I sit down and I can easily dissect. Okay, this ain't working. Here's why it's not working. This is what we need to try to make it work. This is how we can get there. And we got to change the whole way of doing things, the whole way of thinking. And that is why I became a life coach. That's why I do this podcast. And hopefully that's what I'm doing full time one day because I want to help others because forever I've helped businesses. I've helped projects. I've helped um, labels. You know, you name it. I want to help people now. I want to help people become the best version of themselves by changing their mindset, changing their way of thinking, saying, here's where you want to be, this is where you, what you got to do to get there, and this is how it's going to be. Create that algorithm, say, okay, now this is the pattern. The pattern's fixed. Here's what you got to do. Here's your 10-step process. Here's whatever that looks like. Hold you accountable for what you're doing as your friend, not as someone to shame you or judge you. We all have bad days, but to keep you on the path that you're trying to stay on and, and help you stay sustained. And that's one thing I've always said to me. People say, what's your definition of being successful? And I say, the definition of being successful isn't the fact that you were once successful. It's because you sustain being successful. There's a difference. Yeah. Okay, in the music business. Who was somebody that was successful in the 90s? Let's say like uh, Craig Morgan. Craig Morgan. All right. Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. He was successful. He's not successful now. Right. I mean, sorry to all the Craig Morgan fans out there. Sorry, Craig. Uh, sorry, Craig. But, we'll send yeah. You, we'll I send mean, you a gift certificate. And especially <laughs> in the music business, man. But the, you see what I'm saying. The top of the mountain is narrow and windy, and mm -hmm. there's always a next hungry dog ready to come up and knock you off the top of the mountain. So you've got to sustain that success. And, I mean, you music business to. is one of the hardest ones, but let's say the goal. you have to change. You have to grow. Yeah, let's say the goal is fitness or the goal is mm -hmm. learning. Let's mm -hmm. say you walk out into the world and you're like, I don't know how anything works. Pick up a book. Learn. Learn about Google the environment. <laughs> Google, YouTube. We have so many tools and resources now yeah. that people don't even utilize because, I don't know, I guess they I just I can tell go. you what, they're lazy and procrastination. And, and some people just don't have the path. If I could tell anybody anything about achieving your goals, mm -hmm. the most successful year I've ever had, and I do this every year, beginning of the year I write down three, four, five goals, and then I write down a one-month goal for each one. Like where do I see where do where do I need to be in one month? What does that look like to get to that point? Where do I need to be in six months? What does that look like to get to that point? And even though I might not achieve those goals, or the goal might change. You know, I might get into it and the goal might change. And then it's like, oh, this has opened a new door that I didn't even think it's a about. Chapter. Right. Step this has opened something that I didn't think about or I got more than I ever even bargained for. That's you right. know? And uh, and that's where a lot of people just don't, they don't set those goals. They think everything's just going to happen. You know, oh, one day I'll be an actor. Well, what have you done? Yeah. yeah. I mean, are you, are you doing, are you doing acting classes? I'm taking a stab at one of my buddies. He's heard this from me a million times. I love him. <laughs> he's, he's an a, actor? He's a brother to me. He wants to be an actor. And yeah. I say, well, go do an open mic. 
go get some headshots. Go blink, go do some auditions. No, said, man. No, it's not me. And he's like, it'll happen when it happens. I said, brother, it's no, not going to happen no. if you don't make it happen. And it's intimidating, dude. It's scary. It's scary. It sucks to get told no. But if you want to win, you will be told no a million times and yes, one time. But that one time sometimes is all you need. Man, I can't even stand to be around people that tell me it'll come when it comes that I you know it's just gonna fall in your lap <clears throat> because if I just sit back and let things fall in my lap dude I still be sitting there waiting for something to fall in my lap yeah <laughs> I've had to make every daggum opportunity I've ever gotten I've had to make one yeah. way or another I mean moving to project manager at the company I'm at now they didn't want to number one they didn't want to take me out of the field because they would lose that you know that knowledge but number two they didn't think i was probably officey enough to be a project manager so i literally had to take three behavioral surveys that took an hour each to prove that what i said which is i think black and white there is no gray area it either is or it's not that um you know you got to grow you got to learn you got to move forward I'm very structured, disciplined, et cetera, et cetera. Even though they saw that in that one role, they didn't know how that would transpire. Well, I had to take behavioral analysis surveys to prove that. And it came back saying, well, yeah, he's right. Let's give him a shot. Yeah. And then here we are. But I haven't never had a single opportunity just given to me ever that I can I can remember. Um, when Even as a kid playing football, I had to earn it. Even, um, you know, if I wanted something as a child, I had to do something to get it. Yeah. Cut grass, take the trash out. And that was just a golden rule. You didn't have to be told that. I wasn't like, hey, I want a new football. And they were like, okay, well, if you'll go cut three and a half. No, it wasn't even like that. Like, I just done it. Hoping that there would be a reward. Not expecting it. And then if I didn't get a reward, because I didn't every time, so I still done what I was supposed to do. And I think that's another another point to change your algorithm is don't do stuff for a reaction. Yeah. From someone else. Okay. Don't do something expecting a reward. That's that is the wrong motive. All right. That's just like, you know, oh, um, I'm a Christian because I've done all these great things. Okay, but even the Bible says works don't necessarily get you to heaven. Right. Okay? It's all about faith. It's about what have you done for me, not for yourself. Right? So it's the same thing within your own personal growth is the fact that if you're doing something, you know, if you're married, obviously there's a team there, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about personal growth. If, if you want to do something, you should do it because it pleases you, because you're growing. And if you're in a situation to where you're young or even in your mid-30s and you have this group of group of people you hang out with and they like drinking and all this other stuff or whatever it is, socializing. Because some people, just because alcohol is bad and a bad, very bad codependency for one person doesn't mean it's for everybody. But what I'm trying to say is be that one that stands out. Instead of being the one that fits in for once, be the one that stands out for once. Be the one that's like, you know what? That's cool. My biggest excuse, I, I remember I was a teenager, Pat. 14, 15 years old, and I hung out with some dudes that were some rough dudes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I remember, clear as day, being at some house I didn't want to be at, and they were 
probably smoking pot. It was something. I, I, now I know. I, then I didn't know. I was like 15, 16. They're like, hey, man, your term's like, no. They're like, what are you, a narc? I didn't even know what the hell narc meant. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know what that is, but no, I just don't care to do it. Like, I was saying no when peer pressure was should have been at its highest. Yeah. You know, and then the same thing with, you know, when you got into high school and some buddies wanted to drink, it's like, you know what? That's not cool, man. Like, we're going to stay here. I remember driving. <laughs> I remember driving at 15 and a half years old. Sorry, mama. 15 and a half years old because I won't name any names. Certain members of our high school football team had a couple, not nothing crazy, you know, a couple yeah. beers. Yeah. But I was like, dude, we got the state semifinals next week. I'm driving. I mean, it was just cross town. Yeah. And in, in, in northwest Georgia and the country, like, now it's not that way. There's a cop every block. But back then, it's like, to me, that was more favorable to do that than let somebody do something bad. So what I'm getting at is be the one that sticks out. Like, even though I was in that situation, it'd be cool to drink with the senior quarterback or whatever, I didn't. Yeah. It was cooler for me to be the responsible one. All right? Even though I was 15 years old and I was hanging out with people I probably shouldn't have been hanging out with because I was hanging out with somebody that my parents trusted me with and I trusted myself with, and then we ended up over there. I'm proud of myself for still not getting caught up in that. Not everybody has that willpower. I thank God that he gave me that willpower. I would say I thank my parents. I don't know that my parents, I don't think your parents can give you the willpower. They can, they can discipline you and they can give you structure, but I think willpower is something you either have or you don't, to be honest. People can lead by example, but either you have willpower and you know, hey, you know what, I'm not going to let this drug, this alcohol, this bad relationship or whatever. I've walked away from relationships, Pat, that I was just like, you know what, it was cool, it was fun, whatever, but this isn't good for me anymore. Yeah. Oh, but it's good for me. Okay, congratulations, it's good for you, but it's not good for me. Okay, and that is—that's not a bad thing, you know. There's people that in my lifetime have, have judged me for that. I'm like, no, like, if it's not good for you, and I'm not saying you wake up one day and you're in a mood and you're like, this ain't good for me. This job sucks. No, <laughs> that's not what right, I'm talking right. about. I'm talking about when you get to the point like my wife was a year ago, where she would pull into her work's driveway and it would make her so sick she felt nauseous. Just pulling into the driveway at work, it's time for a change. And I told her, I said, babe, just try it. The next day, same thing. I said, all right, do what you got to do. You know? And we've all been there. We've been there in relationships. We've been there in workmanships, whatever it might be. So, guys, you got to, you got to number one, you got to find what makes you you. You got to go back and find what, what changed you from being where you want to be, what changed your path at some point. Rick and I try to tag that as uh, trauma manipulation. I, I can't find that word. To me, it makes sense. What I mean by that is, how many decisions do we not make or do we make in our lives that doesn't feel right because there's something that happened traumatic in the day that it reminds us of, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning, I'm just throwing this out there. You met this chick, your first love of your life at a bowling alley. There's people that, that after a bad breakup, don't go back to a bowling alley. Yeah. All right, so as cliche as that was, how many things in our life do we not take a chance on because it just seems too familiar? 
But that doesn't mean it's going to end up the same exact way. To me, that's trauma manipulation. It's, it's a feeling, it's a thought, the creative feeling that's trying to manipulate itself into thinking this is going to happen again. It stops you from doing it. And that leads to thinking worst case scenario. Once you think worst case scenario, which I have been guilty of in my life, if you think worst case scenario, what you have now done is open up a threshold much bigger than it deserves. So you're like, it's not that bad. It's still not that bad until it is that bad. So instead of creating a boundary way down here saying, you know what, when it gets to this point, I'm done. You've allowed yourself a worst case scenario threshold that you might not even be able to bounce back from in that moment, in that situation. So it's important not to allow yourself to think worst case scenario. All right? And when it comes to fear, it's scientifically proven that 85% of the things we worry about never happen never that's the truth happen. that is the truth 13 percent past that only happens a little bit like you thought it would okay and only two percent that's what's left i'm doing quick math here only two percent actually happen and here's the thing is how often are people thinking about the bad stuff that they think is going to happen, but never think about what am I going to do when this, if this happens, mm -hmm. they're not prepared. They don't think of, all right, well, if I get kicked in the shin and I fall on the ground, well, now I'm in the road, but they don't think about how am I going to get up off the road That's and right. keep going. That's you know? right. That's right. And I don't understand how people do it, but I mean, I've been there, man. I remember thinking of times where I was like, I, this is it. I don't know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to get. So I'm not saying, guys, that I've been perfect or that I am perfect or ever been perfect my whole life or even been remotely close to what I'm preaching now. But there was times where I got knocked down and people were at fault, whether that be a business or a company I worked for, whether that be in a relationship, whether that be a friend, family. But what I've said time and time again about your environment right it's easy for people to put blame on other people so that's the first thing everybody wants to do you grow up when you start putting blame on yourself for everything and yes you are to blame for everything somehow or another you are to blame for everything that happens to you number one how does that look like so and so did such such to me you put so and so in your life you are <laughs> you are exactly where you deserve to be exactly you know so you put so and so in your life okay yeah Agreed at that time. It seemed like it was, but there was a period of time before between then and where it is now that you thought to yourself, was that a good decision or not? And you didn't leave or you didn't make a, a career change. Right. And, you know, and then there's the ones that say, man, like I wished I had a million dollars. Why? Yeah, I mean, we know the obvious answer, right? Yeah. I wished I had this. I wished I had that. It's like, okay, cool. I wished I had, you know, I wished I had enough money. I would do this. Well, I will tell you that 100% truth and 100% certainty that your bank account will always be a, a direct reflection of the effort you put into it. Right. So if you're not working, you're not going to have money. If you're working, you're probably in today's society barely paying your bills you're not having fun so dang i my bills are paid but i can't make that trip to go see so-and-so i can't take the kids here or i can't go do this sure you can you're choosing not to how are you choosing not to because you could easily start a side hustle in today's world it's easier than ever now you could work overtime you can get a second job and I know people are just like, man, who are you? Well, don't even come at me because I'll lay resume to resume right now. I'll work a full-time job 
and me and my wife own three to four side businesses. I say three to four because she runs one of them solely herself, right? So I don't know what it's like to take a break. Yeah, you know, I got one coming up. You know, we got we got the, by the way, we have the webinar for um, overcoming setbacks next Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. I encourage everybody listening, Pat, I encourage you to jump on, man, via Zoom. You can find the link at on our website at www.themindsetreload.com slash tmrwellness slash webinars. Um, just go to the website. There will be the link there. You click it, it will let you in. Um, but the reason I'm saying that is because usually we have it the third Thursday of every month. We're having it the I mean, the fourth Thursday, we're having it third Thursday because lucky me, me and my wife get to go on a little vacation All right. for four days. So we've earned that. Where are you heading? We're Blue Ridge. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, Blue Ridge Mountains. So not Blue Ridge like you know it. No. Well, You're it's the Virginia. same mountains. Yes, it's, it's the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, but yeah, down bottom. in Georgia. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, um, you know, we're going to get that. So we are going to unplug from life a little bit. It's been a while. Well, I say it's been a while. We went to Montana 10 days back in June. <sighs> To me, it feels like a while because we, we're always doing something. We're always – guys, when you have a full-time job, you know it's already tiring as it is. Like, it's hard to, to get – so just, just just real quick, like, you know, full-time job, this podcast, life coaching, um, the boutique, um, uh, flipping, flipping some houses and doing some other stuff on the construction side of things, you know, um, all takes time. And it takes a lot of time. All right, now let's talk about, okay, we still got to find time. Or we, we still take time to go to church on Wednesdays. She goes to a women's group on Wednesday mid-morning. Well, then we're back there Wednesday night. And then I'm there at 6 a.m. Thursday morning. And then we're there Sunday for service. And then Sunday for life group. So when you say, oh, I ain't got time, you got time, dog. Trust me. It's 24 hours in a day, okay? It's You got to make time. All right, because we're doing all that, and I'm not doing that to put us up on a pedestal. I'm doing that to lead by example that it can be done. You're sitting there capping a 24-hour 24 24 day off of eight hours. Right. Your life just begins when you get home from work. Now, I'm not, now, do get a job that you feel like you love, and it is life. I get that. Yeah, that's fine. Or find a career. A job will never be that. A career will be. But you live after that, too. Like, like I will say, there's some of you guys that do this that I don't know how I could do it, like, Man, I remember when my kids were younger, you know, it's like, oh, man, football practice. I don't know how I could fit some football practice in right I don't know how I could fit some baseball practice in right now. Uh-huh. Now, that's some choices that someone had to sacrifice for that. Yeah. Right? But there's always a way to make things happen. You just got to want to. All right? And don't put off. If you're going to put anything off to tomorrow, put procrastination off to tomorrow. I love right? that, man. Yeah. That's it, fantastic. Put it off. Um, take that walk you want to take. Take that trip you want to go on. Make that phone call you've been meaning to make to somebody to, to, to say you're sorry. And, and, and just, look, life's short, okay? Once our time's up, the time is up. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. That's just the facts. We're not guar- guaranteed tomorrow. We're guaranteed to now, and that's about it, right? So before it's too late, I want you guys to think about this podcast. Think about algorithm and how it works and how it affects us daily but how we can flip the script on the algorithm itself and say you know what starting today not starting tomorrow never say starting tomorrow i'm guilty i said that this week whatever i'm correcting myself too start today don't put off tomorrow what's meant for today tomorrow worry about itself tomorrow but 
change. Sit down and say, okay, this is where I want to be a year from now, Pat. You probably did this. Yeah. This is where I want to be a year from now. But you can't, a lot of people say this is where I want to be a year from now, and they just look at a year ahead. You can't do that. You got to look at a year backwards. So you got to say, this is where I am a year from now. In order to be there six months from now, I got to be here. Yeah, in order to be there three months from now, I got to be there. In order to be there a month from now, I got to be there. In order to be there in a month, I got to be there today. That's exactly it, man. So it starts today. I, I personally do that. I find a lot of value in it. Yeah. And that's been one of the most helpful things to achieve my success, whatever that success is, you know. Yeah. I mean, you got to you got to start. And I'm not saying, hey, listen to this podcast. By God, I'm starting today. No, that's fine. Like start. Say, hey, you know what? October 1st, I'm I'm doing this. I'm saying when October 1st gets here, don't say, OK, October 2nd. I don't expect y'all to go out and take off the world tomorrow. I mean, I love it. Hey, if I encourage you to run through a wall, go do it, man. Tell me about it. Hit me up on uh, text, Facebook, or email, whatever. Tell me about it, man. I hope I encourage somebody to go do that. Just set a time, a reasonable time, to say, hey, this is when I'm going to start a change. It doesn't need to be okay on January 1st, and now it's like September 14th. And that's not what I'm talking about. Make it within the next two weeks preferably, 30 days if you have to. Say, you know what, I'm going to find that better job. I'm going to find a way to get out of this toxic relationship, okay? I'm going to I'm going to start losing weight. I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to make that phone call to my mother I should have made a long time ago. And that's those are things you could do literally today. You don't literally. have to plan that out. No. To no. go if you say I want to start eating better, go get some chicken and broccoli and rice tonight Just instead start. of McDonald's. There's so much advice out on the worldwide web. You know, and, and and don't just watch one video and stop. Do your research. Everybody's everybody's body is different. Everybody's metabolism is different. Here are some small things I would tell you guys to start. Do start tracking your, if you're trying to lose weight, do start tracking your calorie intake, okay? If you can stay, no matter what size you are, if you're a female, if you can stay around 1,500 calories a day, if you're a male and you can stay around 2,000 calories a day and not be active, guys, you will see a difference. And then if you will make that intake more protein than fat and carbs, you will see a difference. If you start doing like me and saying no more Coke Zeros, nothing but water, you will see a difference. If you go to the grocery store, instead of fighting somebody in a black GMC over the closest parking spot to the Piggly Wiggly door, park as far as you can away. You're not carrying your groceries 90% of the time in your hands. You got it in a buggy. Get that exercise in the store and back and forth from your car back to the the buggy corral back to your car look at that's probably what five thousand steps easy yeah you're halfway there little little changes is all it takes and then start doing a 30 minute walk i hate treadmills i won't do it i'll get on there and do like a little quick you know if i get on a treadmill man it's 15 incline 3.0 for 10 minutes so i'm walking a mountain you hear me or yeah. i'm getting on the stairs but i hate that i like getting out in nature mm -hmm. and just walking because me and my wife i could get on a treadmill in five minutes and i'm like god i hate this yeah me and my wife can go walk for an hour and a half and i love every bit of it not only are we spending time together it's nature you're walking and you don't even feel like you're walking one night we went on a date night it's forever since we had had one it's close to a year ago it, it was probably november of last year it's been a while since we had one, and um, we had some babysitters for the kids and stuff. Let's go on a date night. And the cool place where we were then, and we still are, was the fact that 
we were like, okay, well, let's go start over here downtown and let's grab coffee and let's just walk to the bridge and back. Well, we did that. We're like, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, let's walk over here. We get finished there because we've already walked everywhere there was to walk downtown. This isn't Nashville, by the way. This is Rome at that time. And we walk everywhere and we get in the car. We go home, pull in the driveway. You ready to go in? Not really. Well, let's go down here to the park and walk some more. So we literally went down to the high school a couple blocks down the road, went out there on their trail, walked another two miles. We walked 10 miles on date night. It's the most counterintuitive thing to think like this, but when you exert energy, when you do go on that walk, it gives you more energy. It, it does. Wakes you. That's why they say don't work out before bed because it'll keep you up. It will. You know, if you're if you wake up in the morning, same thing, dude. If you're feeling bad and you're feeling just groggy, like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym today, go to the gym. That put, is the best thing for you. Put it off is the worst thing. Like I get I can drink a coffee and go to sleep ten minutes later. Okay. Same here. I can go to the gym and it's the same way. So for those of you like for me, I could never fit in a gym because it's like I'm always gonna go before work and you never get up and go. I'm gonna go after work, you're too tired, and if you're like me, you won't get home to the wife and kids. All right, so I was like, when do I get oh man, I crash in the afternoons. So you know what I started doing? Going to gym for lunch. I killed two things. I didn't eat crazy. Three things. I got it out of the way, it didn't affect my personal schedule, my wife's schedule, mine, kids, nothing. Yes, sir. All right. And I killed that crash because, like you said, if you go work out, you get energy. That dopamine starts pumping. Oh, it's the same. It's the same reaction in your brain as these happy pills that they put people it's on. Exactly, you know? It's exactly right. So when and and the thing about working out too, guys, the reason why scientifically that you feel better emotionally when you start working out also is the fact that you can't think about two things at one time. And you're like, whoa, what do you mean, man? I'm overthinking. That's not what I'm talking about because I am too. When you're working out, your body's too busy thinking about everything going on with your endurance. You're breaking down, meta your metabolism's uh, pumping. You're breaking down fatty tissue. You're tearing into your muscle. So it's thinking about uh, where I'm at, what I'm doing, how I got to rehab. It don't have time to think about the sad stuff. There, I can't tell you how, working out saved my life in a way. I mean, there, I wasn't dying, but you know what I mean? It saved my perspective of life. Like it made me a good, like yeah. feel better. So like I, there's been days, and I've said it before, where I was like, I can, there's no way I'm going today. I'm ticked off or this happened or this didn't go my way. Poor pitiful me. How art thou? pettiness you know and i'm like i'm going to the gym and i literally went in one time and i just wasn't feeling it pat i went i was like i might have been sick i don't know i just wasn't feeling it man and i'm like you know what i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna grab these dumbbells and i'm gonna do three set of 12 real quick hard day so i couldn't say that i didn't try i did that and i was like all right cool let's hit these curls i'm here <laughs> I'm, hitting, I'm hitting these curls man i'm I, after this i'm done still ain't feeling it Hit those curls. I'm right, in their squat rack. Whatever the routine was that day. Hour and a half later, man, I'm leaving. I'm leaving, and it's like I haven't felt that good in a year. 
dude. Emotionally, mentally. That's why I push this on people so Man. hard. They think I'm fat shaming them or they think I'm no. just, I have all the answers. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm telling you, I used to get so worked up. I felt like I could fight a bear. Ask mm -hmm. my wife. She mm -hmm. knows. And I would tell her, I'm like, I feel like I could fight a grizzly right now <laughs> and, and win. And, and win, by God. And, uh, <laughs> And, dude, you know, I went to therapy. I got on medication, all this, that, and the other. But you know what helps me the most? And that's why I like working out. It's for the mental health aspect. Dude, it's 100%. It's more mental than it is physical. Straight up, dude. That's why I don't drink sugary pops. I don't, awesome, I don't eat sugar as much as I, as much as I can. Well, you know? what does sugar do to you? It creates inflammation and leads to cancer. It's all, it's, it's sugar feeds cancer. I cannot emphasize this enough. And, uh, and so when you start... You know, it's not about not being fat. It's about being healthy mentally, physically, mm -hmm. improving the quality of your life. Yeah, it feels good to sit down and eat a honey bun, but is that going to make you feel good in 30 minutes? As opposed to if I eat a banana and then go pump out 20 push-ups. No, like, and if you do, because I do this, every now and then we want that apple pie. Yeah, and I have the apple okay. pie, but, but I earn the, it. There you go. If you're going to say, I'm going to drink coke then definitely on that day workout exercise walk or something i don't encourage it but if you're going to do it and you can't just let go yet counter counter it with some physical exercise and you know what do the exercise first and then see if you want the coke Exactly, you'll be surprised. But you, and, and and for those that's like, well, I'm I'm a little older. I don't have time. To, let me tell you something. Gardening burns more calories than walking. Swimming burns more calories oh, than that's gardening. The best thing for you. You know. So okay, I don't have a pool. Uh, I don't have a garden. Okay. Well, find a creek. What? Go to a water park. Get lazy. Do something. Um, go to the YMCA, uh, build a garden. You know what? Hey, when I first you, got if into If you keep this, telling yourself you're not going to do it, you're not going to no. do it. Here's the simplest thing, because I help a couple people with their fitness. I'm helping a fellow right now. He's 460 pounds. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, oh, I don't have time to get to the gym, this, that, and the other. I said, all right, well, let me start you out with this. Walk Every to the time, mailbox. Hey, walk. <laughs> I told him, walk down the end of your house and back and then do 10 push-ups and 10 body squats. Mm -hmm. When you sit down on the couch, before you sit down on that couch to watch Netflix, watch your shows. I'm going to watch my shows. Yeah. But I'm going to do 20 push-ups. Before I sit down on the couch, and or every time, commercial and every time the commercial break yeah. comes on, yeah. or if I'm going to get up yeah. to take a pee, yeah. I'm going to do, dude. You'll do 500 push-ups in a day before you even realize it, and you're going to be like, oh my gosh. So I'm, would you say that's an algorithm moment? Because you have trained yourself is. a different process and a different habit. It is. So therefore, it becomes second nature. And this is all things that I had to learn. I didn't come up with this stuff on my own, mm -hmm. but I seeked out this information because I'm like. Number one, why do I always feel like I could fight a bear? That's right. And why am I depressed? Why am I anxious? Why can I not get anything done? So you have to really look inward and say, what What do I want to change about myself? What do I not like about myself? Because I want to be somebody that I like. Well, what you just did is one of the key processes to a successful company is they say, always ask the five whys. Why am I this way? Not necessarily this, but why five yeah. times? Why am I this way? Why are we this way? Whatever. How did or, or five questions? They don't have to be why. Yeah, yeah. But it can be five whys. 
personally wise, business wise, the, the theory is how. How did it get this way? Okay, how did that lead to that? Okay, what happened before that lead to that? And you'll eventually get to it. So that's what you gotta do with your, yourself, like you just said. You gotta say, why do I feel this way? Okay, it's this. All right, why did I start doing that? Okay, because this happened. Well, why did that happen? Because this happened. Well, how was everything before that? Perfect, that's your problem. Go back to that, start over. It's okay to start over. You're not guaranteed the same personality today tomorrow to anybody. And I'm not saying be multiple personalities. No. I'm saying you can change at any point in your life, be whoever the heck you want to be. You know what I'm saying? From wherever you want it to be. You can rebrand at any moment. And who you were yesterday, it, you shouldn't be that, that same person today. No. I mean, and let me tell you something like, like I'm part of this, right? So I'm telling you guys right now, if you want to change, be afraid of, oh, it's going to upset so-and-so, then upset so-and-so doesn't care about you. Okay? That's right. So if it's to the point to where it's like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm not hanging out in bars, managing bands no more. I'm going to start doing this. Well, I, this is a true story. I lost probably 30% of my friends because that was their lifestyle. Okay, well, you know what? Your loss, not mine. Right? I'm on so I'm you, onward and upward, Bob. Yeah. So whenever you're whenever you make this decision, just know it's not gonna be cool. But not but you know what you look at like are those people paying my bills? No. Are those people uh, feeding me? Are those people gonna be there when I'm on my deathbed? And in six months, where am I and where are those people still? If you chose to move on and they're still in the same place. It's not your fault. They decided to stay the same. You have to figure out your algorithm, how it went wrong, why it went wrong, what you can do to flip it and say, this is what I want. I mean, you may be listening and you may be making $250,000 a year. You may be uh, the perfect weight, whatever that looks like. I don't even know. I don't even care. I don't even weigh. My clothes tell me if I'm fat or not. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, you may be perfect on the outside. Yeah, I go to church or, 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 or yeah, I have the great job. Yeah, I have the trophy wife or, or the husband or whatever. Yeah, I've got a boat. Cool, you got things, but there's still something. You know, and with TMR Wellness, you know, Rick and I's business, we look at it as a four-step process to growth. So in order to get through our program it starts with mental health because i've always said like i want tmr wellness to treat the 420 pound me back in the day the substance abuse person that 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 had prior substance abuse challenges that that's all people think of them as now they're labeled now for the people that have depression anxiety ptsd what habit for unnormal people but you show me a normal person, I'll show you a liar. So you can have everything you want in the world, but there's something there. So with TMR Wellness, what we do is we bring you in. Rick does a mental health evaluation, and that doesn't mean you go into a psychiatric ward. It's literally question answers like, you know, this is how I feel in my life. How long have you felt that way? Last 30 days, two weeks, a year, two years. Okay, why? Well, try to figure out where your algorithm went wrong, okay? 
And it could be several things. It could have been relationship, could have been work, but one thing led to all of it. So our point through that is to get you back to ground zero as to where it started going wrong, okay? And working with you on your mental health with that and saying, okay, let's go back here. Forget everybody else is holding you in that same place. Forget yourself that's telling you you're never going to be better than that. We're going back there mentally. We're going to forgive people. We're going to forgive yourself. We're going to work through coping. We're going to help you get back mentally and emotionally. Okay? And then once we got that, and simultaneously, depending on what step they are in the program, they move into the nutritional thing. Because what you eat, you are what you eat. Okay? What you, The crazy thing is, guys that the amount of toxins feel good, whether it be dopamine or serotonin, that live in your gut, doesn't even live in your brain, guys. People are like, well, this is a feel good. Dopamine, I think it's dopamine is that 95% of it actually lives in your gut. And I think 50% of it's one or the other. I'll have to look. I've done a podcast once not long ago. Forgive me, but I talk about this stuff all the time. Maybe vice versa. But either way, 50% of one lives in your gut. 95% of the other lives in your gut. What's that tell you? You got to eat right, okay? So with the we, when you get through the mental health step and we work through the nutrition, and we're not shaming anybody. We're saying, hey, here are healthier food choices. Like this is something you may not have an eating problem. You may be a perfect weight, but we're going to teach you how to eat stuff that's good for your body, that feeds your soul, that feeds so that you don't have cardiovascular issues. So you can draw. I used to have type two diabetes, man. My A1C was at the highest it could be, and now I don't even have pre-diabetes. So when they say you can't even cure that, bull crap. You can't. Oh, you're okay? a testament, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's the thing, man. And that's why I want to bring you on here too, man. Is because like you saw me. A lot of people that's in my life now, other than my family didn't see me at that so like when i'm on here and i'm talking to people pat and i'm like you gotta do this you gotta do this like you know firsthand that wasn't me like i am a walking testimony like you have saw me change businesses and prosper every time and it'd be different different sides of the spectrum businesses yeah right? you saw you saw me in my weight journey you saw me in a bad relationship bro you saw me in a toxic time not only in, in the environment I was in, but in a relationship, man. And you've saw what I've done. So, like, guys, like, the only reason I'm doing this podcast and doing TMR Wellness because I want to help others. Because I didn't have one single person helping me to the extent that I can offer people. Even by listening to this podcast, I'm satisfied, guys. I'm not talking about sign up for TMR Wellness. Like, if you do, you do. It's not about the money. I want to help you. If I can make you, if I can change one life, it's good. If I can make you 1% better or help you make you 1% better, I can't do it. You got to do it. But if I can help you get 1% better, man, my life is happy because I didn't really have that person and I feel like that's what took forever. I feel like um, that's what took 10 years to get straight. But you know, what could have happened in 10 years, man? I remember when I said I'm making a change, I couldn't even walk across the parking lot. I had to take a break. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't, I couldn't go to Six Flags and sit in anything. I probably couldn't, I didn't fly then, but there's no way I could have flew. I was thinking about last time I was flying from Texas, I think it was, no, it was Atlanta the other day. One of those two times I was flying, I was like, man, how in the hell? I would have never got a seatbelt on. Like, how would I have flown? You know, so many things that I went through that would have been easy for me to just give up. And at one point I did. But I just want to be that voice that, that replaces the voice in the back of people's head that says you can't do it. I want to be the one sitting there looking at you in the mirror saying you can do it. Like, I want to be that voice for you. So reach out to me at podcast at themindsetreload.com. If you're friends with me, call me up. You know, some of you already do. Um, 
but I, I just want to help, man, because I know what it was like to be that guy. To be that guy on every aspect I preach about, I have lived it, man. And the only thing I have not lived is substance abuse that I preach about, but I lived with it. I lived with people who had it, right? And if you want to know, hit up your Uncle Pat. Right? Yeah, hit up I'll Uncle go, Pat. I'll go over all that with yeah, you. Yeah, hit be up happy Uncle Pat. To. Where can they find you at, Pat? You got an email somewhere. Yeah, find me. Uh, just find me on Instagram, at pat.sulla, S-U-L-L-A, or at Miller Holler. Miller if you don't know what the Pat Sulla is, I, we'll talk about that later. But he's yeah. one of my favorite historical characters. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so you need to tell your acting buddy that you know a thing too about acting. I, I know all <laughs> about it, dude. But yeah, y'all look up Uncle Pat, man. Uh, Pat and I are really good friends. If you can't, if you if you you're like, man, I can't find this guy. Just hit me up. I'll help you find him. Um, hit me up. You know, Rick Bermudez as well. Rick at the mindsetreload.com. Don't forget about the webinars. Those are very helpful. A lot of people join are like, man, I'm blown away because I thought I was just going to get on this thing and just listen to a bunch of the same stuff. But no, it's very interactive. So we go into the same kind of short spill about, hey, this is what the topic is. Rick, from a mental health standpoint, how do you feel about that, bro? And then we let people interact, like those who want to. You're not called on unless you want to be called on. And, you you know, we go over, hey, how does that resonate with you? What are you going through right now? So it's almost like free counseling on these webinars, man. It's very beneficial. I've had nothing but great feedback. That's why we choose to do it. It's kind of why I've leaned towards doing that more than more more so than all these episodes lately, even though we're gonna get back on the weekly routine of the episodes. It's because, man, it's just so beneficial. And it's so beneficial to me. I could be having a crap day, man. And I get on here and I start talking to you guys or talking to you, Pat. And this actually is my therapy now. The gym and this helps me by teaching and by by going back and thinking and recapping what I've been through. Doesn't depress me, man. Doesn't think, man, yeah, I remember that. No, what it does makes me thankful of where I am. Yeah. And it gets me so excited. So now I'll probably be up to midnight, right? Recapping everything we talked about because I'm so freaking fired up now. I'm going to go run a marathon. Guys, look, help is there. I... Um, it is, you know, what we do at TMR Wellness, you may want to get involved. You may not. It's very, very cheap. Really, the cost of it, we'll talk to you about that when you hit us up, but the cost of it is very minimum, cheaper than going out to eat on a daily basis, or actually cheaper. I mean, it's once a month. So, it, it, and what it costs you and your old lady to go eat in a day is what it costs a month almost to do this thing. So, guys, it's not it's not a get-rich-quick. It is to cover expense. There's expenses. So, I'm only doing it. Man, it's nonprofit. Yeah. For now. I mean, it may not ever. It may, it may not ever. Maybe. I don't. I don't care. I'm here to help. God bless you, dude. Because there's a lot of snake oil salesmen. So, but dude, that, trust that's me. Good for you, dude. Trust me, man. I try to to get involved with some of them. I'm not gonna mention names, man. But I kind of try to get involved with some of them. They gave me some of their process, man. Just for me to like to get better. Because even with me teaching you guys, I'm still out learning. I have a I have a personal trainer at the gym. Yeah, like, I have you, coaches. You know, I'm paying loans on coaches yeah. that I don't use anymore for the next two years. <laughs> right, so that's probably but, not a good. But I'm growing. Decision, but you grew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I learned. Yeah, you learned. You don't got, don't take any <laughs> advice from. You know, you gotta you gotta choose who you're gonna take your advice. Number from. one, if you are gonna go find a personal trainer or a life coach, and it's not me, or a nutritionist, or a dietitian, or any of those things, guys, just know that. You know how you are. You know who you want to be. So here's what I would give you in advice. First of all, how to tell a personal trainer's worth crap or not. Is that program trained for you, your body type, and your lifestyle goals? If you're one of five people doing the same routine and you're working out together, it's probably not for you. It's not for you. I'm, we don't bring people in and say, hey, here's five of you. 
here's a cookie cutter program. I'm sitting back making jack. No, that's fraud. I don't care. Hate me if you're listening. <laughs> I don't care. Right. It's my. It's, it's facts. Can't argue with it. All right. No person should have this. My, me and Pat go to the gym. Pat's not doing the same exercise I'm doing, guys. Yeah. Well, we might do some of the same exercises, but his weight's going to be different than mine. His technique's got to be different from right. mine. Like, like for instance, I started a new program yesterday, bad back and all, and I, I, I went from doing three sets of 12 on everything to being complacent and then going to like four sets of eight, heavier weight. Yesterday, I went modern weight and was doing two sets of 20 on everything. He's like, no, nope, you did that, you did that, you hit a stall, because your body will hit a stall. You hit a stall, he's like, now we're going to do two sets of 20. I'm like, what? What? Change it up, man. Change it all up. The but it's, time. it's all about shocking your metabolism. When you're growing muscle, it's about shocking that muscle. It's about putting time under tension, right? That's all it's about. So if if you're trying to do phys, uh, physical therapy, personal training, and it seems like a, a, oh, here we are. Let me tell me something about you. Well, go try this. And you're not doing different exercises every time. Something's wrong. If you're one of five people doing the same exact thing. Now, I'm not talking about CrossFit. And I'm not talking about what I just did with athletic training for two months. Like those kind of group activities, that is a class. I'm talking about a personal trainer. It's got you and the next three people coming in doing the same thing. Not a good personal trainer. Same thing as a nutrition. A nutritionist should not give you this. Pat's diet plan and my diet plan is nowhere near the same. I went from 420 pounds to 224, looked sick, got up to 255, started working out, now I'm at 285, and I'm still considered obese. <laughs> you look great. I didn't even recognize you Dude, when you came out to the show the other day, man. man. But it's crazy because the doctors will tell you, my, my doctors don't because they know and they do my blood work. But if you were to sit here talking about that, right, you compare yourself to the internet, Everybody does it. Well, I, if I just want to get curious and look at my BMR, or if I want to go in there and look at my BMI, or if I want to get on there and just compare myself to what is a five foot eleven guy that weighs two hundred eighty five? Man, I'm a thirty four. I'm, I'm still obese. What the crap? Yeah. Oh, you you're you're the age of fifty. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I might have been. You know, sometimes my wife will tell you I'm the age of fifty because I'm like oh, on my back. But I'm getting old, dude. But I put myself through hell, man. Like, I'm working out five, six days a week. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I find ways to do it. You work through it. You get going with it, man. But the thing is, man, don't – so to each their own. Like I'm saying, I'm sorry to get off, off path, but find a personal trainer that fits you. Find a diet, nutrition that fits you. Find a mental health coach that fits you. Find a life coach that fits you. I've got about three or four people that I see, and none of them have the same routine at all. The only thing that was routine to them was the intake questions. That's it. After that, it's all each their own, different. This one might have this they got to work on. This one might have this. Nobody is the, nobody's body is the same body, okay? <laughs> nobody, baby. I right? was going to say, we've writing a song right yeah, now. That's it good. It's feeling good, yeah. man. We've wrote a lot, haven't we, But I love it. So what I'm saying is don't get caught up in the game. If you want something real, come hit us up at TMR Wellness. It's not a sales pitch. It's It's facts. You know, try it. I have an introductory rate right now. I don't even care if you try it for free, to be honest. I don't care. As long as it's helping you, just come on board with it. I want to see people. I want to help people. I want to see people succeed, man. I want you to listen to this podcast. I want each and every one of you guys to please go home, share the mindset reload. Please um, be sure to, to, to request to join the Mindset Reload group on Facebook. It's a private invite Facebook group. Um, 
and the reason behind that is because on Facebook, so many scammers now and stuff. So you add just anybody, then all of a sudden somebody's charging something that you don't want them charging that like they're you, you know. So I already had some of that on the page. But uh, on Spotify, man, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Pandora, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, this podcast is on every bit of that. Um, primary use is Spotify. But go look it up at the Mindset Reload. You can find us at the mindsetreload.com. The link never expires for the Zoom calls for the webinars once a month. The updated poster will always be there under the uh, TMR Wellness Webinars part of mindsetreload.com. You always see that in the link. All you have to do when it's the day of the show is go to that link, hit that link. It automatically puts you in the lobby of the waiting room virtually. I'll let you in. We start talking about how to make you a better you. There's also past webinars on there that you can look to. All right, and then when it comes to Matt, uh, Pat and his music, I was thinking Miller Holler, and then Pat no. came up with Matt. Is that your stage name? Not Pat yet. All right, Uncle Pat. When it comes to you, man, please share where everybody can find your music. Yeah, man. Spotify, iTunes, uh, just search Miller Holler. If you Google us, uh, that'll bring you to everything. It'll take you to our website, MillerHoller.com. And uh, right now, the thing I'm pushing is our music video, which is up over 120,000 views right man. now. What's yeah, it thank called? Thank you. So, uh, for our video, Don't Sell the Farm, we actually are advocating for American family-owned farms. Those guys are struggling right now and have been for the last few years. And uh, something that's really close to our heart. We, yeah. we have made friends touring this country for the last 15 years with a lot of these farmers and families and people in these communities. So. Yeah, go check out Don't Sell the Farm on YouTube. Uh, and everywhere you listen to music, just look up Miller Holler. Appreciate you guys very much. Uh, go check out me and JR's song, Ain't Settling for Less. Where you got that at? I cut, that's out on Miller Holler. Did not even know that. Yeah, baby, I cut that. Yeah. If y'all don't know, music is very expensive to make. <laughs> and we wrote, one that I, we wrote one 10 years ago that, yeah, man. that I... Uh, I just cut last year because I still believed in it that much. And I've song. written hundreds of songs since then. So go check it out. I ain't settling for less. We wrote, we wrote some great ones, man. We need to write again. We haven't had a chance to. I mean, I've been here and I haven't, I've haven't. i got to write once when Tanner Sparks came in town. And he's about to release uh, a new album he was recording two weeks ago with a single he and I wrote on it called Blank Check. Kind of same kind of same vibe is don't sell the farm if you know what i mean you can't get much out of money nowadays so yeah so it's kind of political kind of not but um yeah and we wrote a great song with Ryder grimes uh shout out tenor sparks miller holler and Ryder grimes out in texas uh i love my music family man they helped build me to become who i am um they helped they helped broaden my network of people so be sure to go give those guys a shout out and a follow and be sure like i said please like uh, subscribe, share, follow, all that good stuff on this podcast. Make sure you rate this episode. When you rate this episode, what it does, it actually, talking about algorithms, when you rate this show, it actually catapults it in, in Spotify to a playlist that will actu actually be suggested to other people like yourself that want to look for Mindset Podcasts. So when you rate this show, that does give us, give us the opportunity to get in front of people that we would have never got in front of before. Same thing when you do a musician's music. Now, we'll say this about Spotify. It's going to upset you. You ready, Pat? I'm ready. So I'm sponsored by Spotify. Are you? Yeah, I am. Tell them to play my stuff. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> so how much money do you get off of a thousand impressions? 
Oh my gosh. I, okay, so you make $3,000 off of 1 million streams. 3,000 bucks. So far, not I have bad. not made very much money. We'll just say that. So I get 14 cents per thousand impressions. That's great. That's actually, people are like, well, he just said X amount on me. For those of you who know, what he just said doesn't add up to 14 cents per thousand impressions. Right. So that goes to show, man, just how hard these musicians are working to get you money. You know, back in the physical days where you had an album, CD, etc., you made money. You know, now it's very hard. You really don't make money off of digital streaming as much anymore. Now, I've worked with some that I've managed that have made a pretty good bit, but you got to be up there and up there and up there in the millions of views and right, you right. know thousands and hundreds of thousands of monthly listeners. So, guys, you're you're even though your one play to a musician is just a speck on the radar, that one play adds up. When you share it, it adds up. So. These musicians out here, man, they have a hard time nowadays getting their music played, getting the money, the revenue that they put. So average, okay, I know what I just paid for the song I cut for my wife's, and I, my wedding. How much did it cost you for Don't Sell the Farm? For me to cut a song is about $2,000. Yeah, I paid 2500 Yeah, and to put, a, suck. To, to put a music, <laughs> to put a music video yeah. together... We're talking almost ten grand. So you said a million streams gets how much dollars? How many dollars? Three thousand. Three thousand. So y'all listen to that. A million streams won't even cover barely cover the barely covers the, the recording of the song. And we're but, not talking about the marketing budget to get the song out there exactly. and get a million people to hear. Just the actual studio time. Yeah. So think about that. So it doesn't take you talk about be kind, pay it forward, love thy neighbor. Hey, if you if you see somebody out there trying, give them a like, give them a follow, subscribe, give them a play. Hey, it may not be your cup of tea, but you know what? You don't know until you try it. That's right. right. It's not going to be raspberry tea, I promise. Do y'all do that over there where you're from? Nah, man, we do sweet tea. Yeah, it's I mean, I don't. Regular old sweet tea. I can't do that now, but that was a thing back that, in Georgia. Oh, I used to love sweet tea. But you man. get up, man, I was in Indiana. You get up towards Louisville's raspberry tea. What is that? Oh, no, don't. It's not like somebody threw some bubble gum. You can't tea, be man. drinking tea above. Like pretty much Tennessee. Sorry for those up north that like raspberry tea. Mason Dixon line, don't just don't even ask for it. <laughs> hey, whatever's good for your mental health, that's raspberry tea. Too, okay? <laughs> hey, as long as you're doing something. Hey guys, thank you for being patient. This hour and a half episode. Well, I did. I was like, let's do thirty minutes. So, uh, well, you know, whatever. I know how you and I get when we get yeah, together, man. Yeah, we'll man. Be, we, we'll carry on. So look, I appreciate you guys. Continue to follow the mindset reload. Look up Miller Holler, Miller Holler Music, um, Pat Polyphone. Pat Sola. Sola, baby. Sola. If you don't know Sola, you got to look up Sola. Sola, la, 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 la. That's how our child says Nutella. Nutella, la, la, la. I like so look that. Up, yeah, well, you might change it. Add an extra L. Sola, la, la, la. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Hey, guys. Appreciate you. Much love. Be sure to check on our sponsors. Also, don't don't be afraid to reach out to us. We do keep all of our clients confidential. Um, unless you want to do a testimonial video or a post and help us out. We do keep it confidential. Confidential. Even Rick, as the mental health coach, doesn't share with me the details of what you guys talk about. I don't want to know. He'll just say, hey, you know, this is what I suggest for this person, and then we go with it. He doesn't tell me, 
you have an alcohol problem, drug abuse problem, a toxic, he doesn't tell me the details. I don't need to know unless you want to make them known. So just know that your privacy is private with TMR Wellness. We would love to have you on board. We're trying to change the world one person at a time. Uh, mental health is is a huge thing in this country. It's a huge thing across the world. It's getting worse every day. Um, if we can just 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 help, 1% of that would be amazing. Uh, be nice to somebody, guys. I know it's hard. Um, I've worked hard at it. The way you talk, you never know what somebody's going through. Just be kind. Be kind always. Even in a bad day, even in a storm, give somebody a, you know, a shelter. Uh, metaphorically, if you're out in the world, just just be kind. That's all I can ask. Make somebody's day better. The smallest gestures can really go the, the longest ways. You know, you never know what that person's going through. There could be somebody that's contemplating suicide today. And just because you smiled at them and said, good afternoon, it could have changed them. I mean, I guarantee you that's happened somewhere. Okay. So be nice. Um, appreciate you guys, as always. Until next time, y'all have a good one. Peace out. Thank <laughs> you.